Welcome back, basketball fans. This is your co-host speaking, Mitchell Spires. Me and Jack are super excited to bring you another episode of the Hot Take Hoops podcast presented by Fan Fuel Sports. If you aren't following them on Twitter or Instagram, you need to get on that because they are just dropping hot takes by the second. Um, updates on NBA. Honestly, updates on every sports league. You need to get on that. Follow them. Uh, this week's episode, we are excited to present to you some takes on the NBA trade deadline, which happened yesterday. We're going to get into that in more detail. Then we're also going to bring to you um, basically the updated uh, all-star teams and then also the Oklahoma City Thunders week in review. So without further ado, I will hand the mic over to Hot Take Hale. Jack, how are you doing today? Um, I'm, you know, still alive, but I'm barely breathing, or however that goes. I'm doing all I right. Think, I think you nailed the I'm, lyric. Right I'm, letting Mitch, I'm letting Mitchell take the reins on leading the show this week. Um, I'm MJ, and this is my flu game. <laughs> I am not feeling too hot this week, but I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to put out another episode, and I'm ready to dive into the trade deadline, all-star break, Thunder B-ball, and everything else. I'd say Kale has the coronavirus, actually. Um, just now letting that out there. Yeah, I've got about 48 hours left to live. So, just, uh, <laughs> so this will be the last this, podcast this my, you've ever heard. This is my yeah. going out episode. Um, yeah, so like I said, I might as well just start with the NBA trade deadline, which happened yesterday. Jack, do you want to just go ahead and just start off? Yeah, let's let's jump into it. Let's start with the the trade that, excuse my sniffling, the trade that kicked everything off the night before the deadline. It was the four team, twelve player deal that included Covington going to the Rockets. You had Capella going to the Hawks. You had a plethora of players going to the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. Um, man, I thought I really thought that was an exciting deal. It was fun. It was a good way to kick things off, and it really shook up. Couple different, a couple teams, especially the Rockets, and how they're going to dive into the rest of the season. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I guess we're just going to go with the small ball approach. I saw that they got Jordan Bell in the deal, but they shipped him off almost immediately. So I'm a little curious to see how they go about it. To be honest with you, uh, I guess they're just going to stick with uh, PJ Tucker at the five. I mean, last night it kind of it kind of worked out for them. It it. It worked, but at the same time, it didn't. But, I mean, they got the dub against the Lakers. Big win for them. That was a really good win. The, La- the Lakers. So, going into this, everybody talked about, um, are they going to be able to sustain rebounding against these big teams? And I, I, the Lakers is the ultimate test against that with McGee and AD down low. But the Lakers only out-rebounded them by one by one last night. Rockets got the dub. I mean, so far, small ball approach looks pretty good. I mean, for for so many years, Thunder fans just talked about if you surrounded Russell Westbrook with shooters, like that's that's the ideal situation for a player like him. And I mean, that's kind of what the Rockets have done. And um, I mean, I think it's kind of premature to say it's going to work out for them in the long run because it's just one game. But I mean, last night against the number one seed in the West, they won by 10 points. Uh, like you said, only got out-rebounded by one. And um, I I honestly have high hopes for the Rockets. I, I still think that the trade that they did really doesn't even improve their ceiling that much. Um, I mean, I like the Rockets team. Obviously, I'm a big Russell fan. But do you think 
that I mean adding Covington. I mean, I, I think Covington is definitely a good piece to add, but Capella, he's a good center. They got a mid first round pick for him, more than likely. Um, do you think like a long run situation like this was the right move for them? No, I think I think that they're going for it right now. I think if they fail, if they get bounced first round or something like that, I, I think that might be the end of Mike D'Antoni and or Daryl Morey in Houston. I think I think you said it after the trade. You said I think this was a desperate move move from Houston, and I agree. We'll see if it works. You know, you have critics all year saying the, the Rockets can't win playing this basketball. And then they shake it up and try something new. Now you have the critics saying they can't win with this basketball. It's like, all right, you know, cut them some slack. Let's let's see how this plays out. I think Covington is a good addition. I think he's the twelve million dollar version of Lou Dort, <laughs> but that might just be a hot take. Oh, hot fan. take! Hale at it again. I like I like what the Hawks did. Honestly, I, I you know they've struggled a lot with rim protection and defense down low in the paint, and obviously Capel is a great answer for that. And then, you know, the Nuggets adding a few players like Vonley, Napier, who they actually sent to Washington for McCray, who will give them some more three-point shooting. Um, Jail Green, and then you got Minnesota grabbing Malik Beasley, Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, and then Vanderbilt. I loved uh, the picture of the Timberwolves after this deadline. They, have, they, they did a press conference earlier today with – you know, D'Angelo Russell will get into that deal and all the other players they acquired. And they had seven players holding up their new jerseys. It's like, wow, seven that players was, in a yeah. press conference mid-season. A lot of players. To That's add. a lot. A lot of them, honestly, you look at them and it's like, okay, I've heard of you. But at the same time, is that really going to improve the, like, the, the Timberwolves as a team? I mean, you add D'Angelo Russell, which obviously um, – I mean, you're going to add offense. He's a he's he's an outstanding offensive player, but um, I don't really think that move alone is going to put them in a position to be um, the top end of a playoff team, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, maybe they can make you know a seven or eight seed with that lineup. Not this year. I think obviously they're too far gone. The move the moves they made are for, are for the future. It's not for this. No, season. absolutely. But um, I, I like the deal. Um, I think that Towns obviously showed that he was excited for D'Angelo to get there by showing up to the airport with his jersey and everything. That was, that was pretty cool. But um, I don't know. I think they definitely have a little bit more to do if they want to be an actual contender in the West. No, no doubt. No doubt. And like I said, we'll get into the D'Angelo Russell trade here in just a few. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about. Another addition the Hawks made, they got Dwayne Dedman from the Kings. They sent him Jabari Parker and Alex Land. They also got a 2020 and a 2021 second-round pick in the deal. Like I said, I really like what the Hawks are doing. I think Jabari Parker, since he showed his loyalty to the Bucks a few years ago, has become one of the best players in the league at getting traded. <laughs> um, poor Jabari. What a, what a status. Such, what an he was such a stud coming out of Duke. Uh, I and then you got Alex Lynn going to the Kings. I don't know what the Kings are doing personally. They yeah. should be competing for the eighth seed this year, but they're just massive disappointment. Yeah, honestly. A huge disappointment. All right. So this is what we were kind of, we went over this in our group text, but um, what I said was the Rockets traded CP three, three first rounders, two pick swaps, Capella, 
Green and Nene for Westbrook and Covington. Yikes. I mean, I that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, just what what do you think the the Rockets actual ceiling is this year? Cuz I'm my opinion is that second round. Yeah, second round. I that's really kind of their ceiling. So to trade all of those assets, I think like you said, Maury's definitely going to be on the hot seat. I don't know. We'll see how this year ends up, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we we shall see. That's that that's kind of the narrative around Houston. I yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how it turns out. They obviously like like we said, they played they played well last night, but um a lot of basketball to go. Um what do you think about the Thunder potentially maybe facing the Rockets in a first round matchup? Well, it's going to be tough because the Thunder are going to be more in the middle of the pack along with Houston. I, I guess you could get maybe a 4-5 right matchup. Yeah. The Rocket. Yeah, I guess you could get a 4-5 matchup out of a maybe a 3-6. Uh, I don't think Houston's going to get a two seed no, by any means. But, you know, I personally I'm all for it. Inject it into my veins. I've been a Russell Westbrook supporter for 11-plus years. But if, the, if it came down to that, Sorry, Russ. But well, obviously, I think me and you, you are definitely going to be, you know, we're going to be rooting for the Thunder in that matchup. But I think that would be definitely a story yeah, wide that if the Rockets ended up matching up with those first round, I think I think that's something I would. And then we and then we beat them. If if the, yeah, and Chris Paul alone Chris just Paul hits his revenge tour. Let alone matching up with them, but if we were to go on and beat the Rockets, which honestly at this point, um, I don't see why we couldn't. I don't see why that's unreasonable to at least predict. Nah, I mean, especially I, down low we'll with Maryland's and Adams, like we said, they don't really have a, a center um, with small ball and everything. Right. And, he, and, we kinda, and we do have the perimeter defense to cover the three with guys like Lou Dort, Terrence Ferguson, even obviously Chris Paul. We, uh, we shall see. I mean, that, that would be a really exciting first round matchup for the entire league. And, I think it, the whole Russell Westbrook aspect would over would overshadow the whole Chris Paul aspect because it would be a big revenge series for Chris. All right, let's keep on moving. Let's look at the 76ers Warriors deal. They went and grabbed some perimeter shooting. They got Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson from the Warriors for three second round picks. I like it for the Sixers. I think it's comical that Alec Burks chose to go to the Warriors whenever he had the option to stay with the Thunder because he wanted to go play for a contender. Anyways, <laughs> now the guy is actually on a contender. Not quite as good as the Thunder with a, a record a little worse. I'm just kind of joking around here. I like what the Sixers did. Get a little bit of shooting. You know, we don't really need to touch more on this trade. You or Do you agree? I mean, yeah, I agree. I think, like you said, it's pretty comical. Alec Burks, uh, best Thunder player in history, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I Yeah, the fact he went to Golden State, I mean, it makes sense with, I mean, if you look at the rosters before the season starts, but just to see how it's actually turned out, definitely as a Thunder fan, I think it's pretty funny that he chose them over, you know, the big bad Oklahoma City Thunder who are in the sixth seed right now, I might say. Golly, this podcast is so biased. Oh, not at all. Oh, shit, would you rather <laughs> right, be the sixth seed or fucking 14th? I, that's not even a question. <laughs> let's talk about the Miami Heat who tried to steal the spotlight on the night before the trade deadline where they come out. Woj drops the bomb that they're going for Andre Iguodala. They're going to grab Danilo Gallinari from the Thunder. 
and they're going to try to compete for the number one seed in the East. Well, the Gallinari, the Gallinari talk fell through on trade deadline day. They did end up acquiring Iguodala from the Grizzlies, who was basically shamed out of Memphis, even though he didn't want to be there and he never played a game. But John Morant and Dylan Brooks let him let him know that he he was not welcome back. Um, Heat grab Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill, and Memphis gets Justice Winslow, James Johnson, Dion Waiters, who they ended up waving, and Gorgie Dang. Wait a second, is that right? Yeah, uh, Gorgie Dang. Dang, I thought, I thought Dang got went, went to the Heat. Uh, oh, okay. No, no. Minnesota jumped in the deal. Minnesota got James Johnson, and Dang ends up going to the Heat. That's right. Yeah. Um. Anyways. They don't get the elite shooting from Gallinari, which I don't think they were really hurting for in the first place. Um, I I personally don't think this makes the Heat that much better like a lot of people do. Um, I think Iguodala is a name at this point rather than a huge contributor. The dude was giving Golden State like six points a game, and he looked broken down last year. Maybe having half a season off of rest will help. But we shall see. I think Jay Crowder's a dog. I've always liked Crowder. Um, love what Memphis is doing, adding all this talent, especially young talent. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, kind of what you were saying. Uh, what I will say about Iguodala is, yeah, he hasn't played this year. I think when it comes to playoff time, obviously adding Iguodala with that kind of experience is going to be beneficial for the Heat. I really think so. But at the end of the day, you look at it and it's like, okay, the Heat traded Winslow for basically Iguodala. Like, those are the two big names. And basically what you're doing is you're getting rid of a younger Iguodala for the guy himself, if that makes sense. So, like, I... I, uh, I wouldn't really comp Winslow as Iguodala. I mean, I'd say that it's it's a player where I don't think you're improving that much by adding Iguodala instead of Winslow. Right. And I, I agree. I, I think a sleeper in the deal is Jay Crowder. He's he's always given a positive impact anywhere he is. So I think that he could help them as a veteran in the in the playoffs. I think he'll get some run personally. Solomon Hill is a money deal. Um I really like like I said what, what Memphis is doing. Let's go ahead and move on. I'm glad that the Heat weren't able to Pry Danilo Gallinari out of Sam Presti's hands. I think, Apparently, they were just trying to offer him shit, and he was just like, "No." Well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that Presti is kind of in the position where he's the one who's he he, he has the edge on this because I mean, the Thunder at this point obviously don't really even need to make a move. So if we're not going to get something back that's like going to benefit us now and in the future, then it just doesn't make sense. Um, right. So yeah, like I said, might as well just move on. Um, Jordan Bell got shipped to Memphis as well from the Rockets. They sent him um, Bruno. I don't even know how to pronounce Hernan his last Gomez. name. They call it. No, he went to Minnesota. No, they 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 sent him the Brazilian KD is is what they call him. Um, his career high in scoring is against the Thunder, of course, because the Thunder give up career highs to random bums every night. Uh, not a big, not not a big deal. And then the Hawks make another move. They get Sky Labissier from Portland. They trade c- cash considerations and a second round pick. I like it. I think he's got a high ceiling. Next, 
James Ennis goes to the Magic. And something interesting, he or he goes to the Mavericks, or excuse me, the Magic from Philly. He had to lift a no-trade clause for this deal to go through. And if you were to tell me a week ago that James Ennis in Philly had a no-trade clause in his deal, I would tell you you're out of your mind. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean – yeah, same. <laughs> I didn't know about I didn't know about his contract <laughs> Not, details that much. Yeah, that's wild. So let's let's hop into the other big blockbuster. We've already touched on it a little bit. D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Omari Spellman go to Minnesota. And in exchange, the Warriors receive Andrew Wiggins, a twenty twenty one top three protected first round draft pick, and a twenty twenty one second round pick. So we know what this does for Memphis or for Minnesota. We, we bring in – they bring in D'Angelo Russell to pair with Carl Anthony Towns, two good friends. Cat's excited about this. We saw the whole airport situation. I mean, I think it's good for the future of Minnesota. I think it'll take a couple years, and they'll definitely have a lot more work to do. Let's talk about what it does for Golden State. What, do you, what are your thoughts on the Warriors bringing in? <laughs> My Wiggins? thoughts are that – uh, the great people of San Francisco had to witness their favorite football team lose in uh, <laughs> the Super Bowl, and then they had to witness their team bring in Andrew Wiggins. I, I really just don't – I don't get it from a Warriors standpoint. I think they could have gotten a lot more for D'Angelo. But at the end of the day, I mean, with the roster with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, adding Andrew Wiggins, uh, former number one pick, I don't, I don't think it's – I think they'll make it work. At the in the end, I think I think he maybe he might start playing to a level whenever all those guys are healthy. Where it's like, wow, where was last you know five years? Um, I don't know. I I hate to say that it was a bad move for the Warriors because I feel like at the end of the day, when everyone's healthy, they make it work, and I think that he'll be good for them. But just on paper, I really don't know if I agree with it that much. See, I I don't hate it but I'm skeptical. Andrew Wiggins is a very inefficient basketball player, but he shows signs of being great. Steve Kerr said it um, today. He said, we're bringing in Andrew. Minnesota needed him to be a star, but on this team, we're going to ask him to play a role with other stars. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, we've seen the Warriors win titles before Kevin Durant with you know, Harrison Barnes at that position. And I think Wiggins is an upgrade ver- upgraded version of Harrison Barnes. Um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. We're not going to see it until next season, but I'm, I, I think, I think it puts him in an odd situation money wise. Cause he's owed 95 mil over the next three years. And he does, he has not played to that level yet. So, you know, it, it, it's another, we'll see kind of thing. Uh, hopefully Andrew Wiggins, I'm rooting for him. He's in a new type of environment that's going to put him around people who expect greatness. And, you know, maybe he'll step up and take the next leap in in his career. I I agree. I agree with you on that. I mean, when it comes to the playoff time and if all, if all those guys on the Warriors are healthy, I, I could definitely see him playing a Harrison Barnes role, but a little bit, you know, more impactful. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I'm, it's just a we'll see kind of situation, but um, right. Then we'll jump into the big question mark of the day: Why the hell do the Cavaliers acquire Andre Drummond from the Pistons? I mean, is it because they just absolutely had to with the deal that they were offered? 
I get because I think so. I, 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 I'm, yeah, I get the move on Cleveland's standpoint. I mean, I mean, you're giving up John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second round pick for one of one of the elite centers in the NBA and Andre Drummond. Um, I saw something on Twitter where <laughs> someone said that Andre Drummond basically just transferred prisons, and uh, <laughs> it was, I laughed so hard. But um, I mean, I think from a Cleveland standpoint, it makes sense. See what he can do out there with Saxon. Um, from Detroit, we were talking about this, but um, I mean, they're basically just dumping the guy. Right. They they're like, look, we can't even get anything for you. Nobody wants the mo- or the. A, an elite post offensive center in the modern day NBA. I mean, Drummond's a, a double double machine. The dude can go for twenty and twenty any night, but he can also give up forty and twenty from an opposing center. The dude's terrible defensively. He's owed twenty eight point seven million dollars next year and a player option. I mean, if I'm him, I'm picking that up because I don't know if he's going to get that type of money anywhere else. Yeah. I guess, I guess good for Cleveland. You know, it, it makes no sense to me with what they're trying to do with making, making a young roster look forward to the future. But I mean, if this is 1990 and you say you have a front court of Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Larry Nance Jr., you're looking really good in that era of basketball. Not today. <laughs> It's like they're they're the anti rockets, I guess. Yeah, so, exactly. I don't know. This is another. This this is a little off topic, but kind of relating to the same situation. If if this is what the NBA market is for, like top tier centers, I think it might be a good thing that the Thunder held on to Adams because I really don't see him. I mean, I guess Detroit was kind of desperate in this move, so it's a little bit different than Oklahoma City's situation. But if this is what the top tier centers are going for then, yeah, I might as well just hold on to Adams. Yeah, if we would have traded Adams for John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second-round pick, I would have said to fire Sam <laughs> Okay, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. All right, so let's move on to the Marcus Morris sweepstakes. The Lakers and Clippers were both gunning for him. The Clippers end up getting him and Isaiah Thomas, who, they ended, who they're going to waive, and the three-team deal with the Knicks and the Wizards. The Knicks get Maurice Harkless in a 2020 first-round pick and a second-round pick via Detroit. And Washington gets Jerome Robinson. Poor Isaiah Thomas. I don't really know. Are they really what trying to the cut future... him? They're trying to drop him? I mean, yeah, no. Was... That it, it, it's already been said he's getting waived by the Clippers. I don't know. Maybe Houston can pick him up as a backup power forward or something. <laughs> Oh, that was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, that was funny. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, no, I I like the move for the Clippers. I think Marcus Morris is a damn good shooter. He's a 20 point per game power forward, and you know freed him from New York out of the you know 16 power forward roster that they have out there. Uh, good for the Knicks too, who were apparently asking the Lakers for Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma and a pick for Marcus Morris, and then they settle for Maurice Harkless in a first and a second. I'll, I'll, I'll never know what New York is trying to do, but what are your thoughts on the deal? Um, yeah, I think it makes the Clippers even better than they already are. Um, I think whenever 
the playoffs come around, I think he'll definitely be a helpful addition to that roster. I think I'm a, I'm pretty excited to see if the Clippers and the Lakers somehow, you know, make it to the conference finals. I think they honestly match up pretty well and it's going to be really interesting. Um, I feel bad for Isaiah Thomas though. I think, I mean, yeah, he I showed too. out in the couple of years ago for the Celtics. And I mean, I just think ever since he's just been tossed around like a little rag doll from team to team. But, um, yeah, no, I, but I also guess he got an opportunity this year in Washington, but nobody's really given him that opportunity to be their centerpiece, which I understand why nobody wants to. I don't think he's. No. I, I don't, I'm not really I still sure, think he you know? can contribute on a, on a um, team, though, depending on his role. Right. No, I, I think he can be a contributor as well. I mean, I guess we'll see. We'll see. So that that was your NBA trade deadline. Those were the big moves. There were a couple different small ones in there that we didn't really feel like we needed to talk about. You know, it, it, it was a pretty eventful one. It wasn't anything like two years ago whenever LeBron shipped half of Cleveland to the Lakers. But, yeah, Kyle, we'll Kyle Kuzma somehow avoided another trade. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did you see last night? So Russ went for 41 points, went crazy against the Lakers. And the, their uh, Frank Vogel said we're gonna put Kyle Kuzma on Westbrook a lot because they saw they saw some success in it. I saw a tweet last night, and it was uh, it was Russell Westbrook is absolutely bullying Amber Rose out here. <laughs> and I just started laughing my ass off. Not only do what? Lakers fans have to put up with the performance he is, they have to also put up um, uh, with his haircut. Dude, I. I'm not a big TikTok guy. I know you have TikTok, but please tell me Kyle Kuzma doesn't have a TikTok. I, I cannot tell you that, but I'm going to say he, he screams probably, TikTok. I think he might. I really do. He's yeah, definitely dude, dancing I, I don't know. a few of those songs for sure. Oh, 100%. All right, let's, <laughs> ju- let's jump into our next segment. We've talked about the all-star voting for the last few weeks. Well, we finally have our teams assembled. Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. I'll go ahead and read them off. They got picked last night. Team LeBron will be coached by Frank Vogel, coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. And your starters are going to be LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, and James Harden. Coming off the bench for them, they're going to have Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and Demonis Sabonis. And then on the other end, you got Team Giannis, coached by Raptors Nick Nurse. They'll have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young. And then coming off the bench, they'll have Giannis's boy, Chris Middleton. Then Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, these guys basically just picked their own conferences, give or take a couple of bench guys. Um, and I personally, I think Team LeBron should be favored by like 13 and a half points in this. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically what like all of Twitter, it, this doesn't even look fair. Like all of Twitter has just been saying like this just goes to show Giannis should probably never ever be a GM. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like that, it, it was it was bad. I mean, Giannis just kept making these terrible picks after pick, and then like like the funny the funniest part of the whole thing last night, I think. You know, I'm sh- I'm sure everybody's everybody's seen it. Was whenever he's like, well, I'm sitting here thinking between Kemba Walker and Trey Young and. Charles Barkley goes, what, you don't want the dribbler? Referring to James Harden. <laughs> and then Giannis goes, no, nah, I want somebody who will pass the ball. <laughs> and then everybody, including LeBron, just started cracking up. I, I, I thought that was gold. 
I wonder how James Harden took that. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think James Harden really cares, honestly. No, <laughs> I don't think James Harden cares about but much. But one thing I will say is that you know what I really could see happening. I could see, I could that? see Giannis's team just like somehow going out there and just winning by double digits, just because it's just like well, a yeah, it's the All Star game. The betters are gonna put money on Team LeBron. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, definitely, I could definitely see him winning. They're all All Star caliber caliber players, and. It, you know, if they care care about winning a little bit more than Team LeBron cares about winning, then they're probably going to do it. Yeah, I mean, all-star game. But I don't know. On 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 paper, Team LeBron basically has <laughs> the top half of the all-stars, and Team Giannis basically has the bottom half of the all-stars. Like, you know. It's, yeah, no, I get, I get it. It's pretty lopsided. Um, not um, really much so that, to talk I mean, that, about that, other than how lopsided it seems like on paper, but. Yeah, Damian Lillard is um, doing a concert Saturday night in Chicago of All-Star Weekend. That should be interesting. We saw Shea Gilgis-Alexander, our boy, will be replacing Derrick Rose in the skills contest. I'm excited for that. How about you? I I mean, I kind of hope he tries. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, obviously the Thunder have Chris Paul in the actual All-Star game, but um, I always like whenever some of the under the radar guys, not saying Shay's under the radar, but like last year, obviously with a uh, homie, you know, winning the fucking dunk contest, that was pretty sick. So, I mean, if Shay goes out and wins the skills competition, I mean, I'm obviously as a Thunder fan, probably going to take credit for that. Oh yeah. Uh, so other, other stuff we have, we've got the three point contest, the slam dunk contest, slam dunk doesn't have very many people. In it well, Hobby won it really last year, and this year he's like, he the need to talk back. About. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. He, he Dude, didn't I get the invite did. back. I think he turned it down. Or, oh, he, like, no, I already won oh, he it. did. Fuck y'all. We're good. Good. I, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that out of him. He got it. Now it's time to focus on really developing as a player. So the, the dunk contest will have Pat Connaughton, Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, and Derek Jones. Who do you have left? Um... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see Dwight in it after what, like a ten-year hiatus. I think I think he honestly yeah. might come out and uh, steal the show a little bit. It was said that he had Kobe already agreed to participate, which I would have, I would have, I would have loved yeah, to see. Sad. Honestly, that would have been fantastic. But I, I honestly think it's between him or Pat Connaughton because you know a lot of people whenever he was announced were like, "Why, boy? Why are you? Why are you in the dunk contest right now?" But he actually has scrubs. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, like with the dunk contest every year, uh, obviously there's going to be a few favorites, but at the same time, I feel like some people will surprise you, especially if you don't watch them on a regular basis. And plus, in game basketball is a lot different than a dunk contest kind of thing. Right. So it'll be, I think Dwight Howard's going to take it, you know, for LA. So your pick, your, my pick's Dwight. Your pick I is think Dwight. He's come out hot. All right. I'm going to keep it simple. My pick is going to be Aaron Gordon. I think he's a seasoned vet in this contest, and, you know, I, I got to put my money on, I mean, he, on Aaron Gordon. Let's talk about – Yeah, I was just going to say – Go ahead. Have, I, actually, I mean, I guess Orlando's doing all right, but hopefully he's he's been thinking about it for a little bit because – Yeah, I, I think he's got time. He's got time <laughs> to think about it. Three-point contest, we have Davis Bertons of the Wizards, Devontae Graham of the Hornets, Joe Harris from the Nets, Buddy Heald from the Kings, Zach Levine Bulls, 
Damian Lillard from the Blazers, Duncan Robinson from the Heat, and Trey Young from Atlanta. Who's your pick? Um, I think logically I would go with Trey just because I kind of want to see. I mean, I think from a three-point standpoint, I think this competition obviously is going to suit him. I think he um, is one of the obvious premier three-point shooters in the league. There's a lot of good talent in it. My sleeper is going to be Davis Bertans, though. He's kind of been showing out the Ah, uh, man, that's my pick. He's, that's he's my kind pick. Of automatic. I think Bertans. Laser. Let's go. I'm I'm excited to see it. Bertans is nice. That's my um, pick. Yeah, it'll. I, I I honestly love the All Star break just because. I mean, I feel like a lot of people slightly appreciate the competitions, but I like the three point contest except for when Paul George decided to go out there and you know make two or three shots. Well, now, now I'm <laughs> laughing at it, looking back. All right, and last, let's run over the skills challenge. We have Bam Adebayo, Pat Bev, Spencer Dinwiddie, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chris Middleton, Domas Sabonis, Pascal Siakam, and Jason Taylor. Obviously, Who's I'm going to go pick? to Shea. One thing I will say is I was on Twitter, and someone said, why, why the hell is Beverly in the competition? Is he going to be one of the obstacles out there? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I loved it. So, yeah, I'm gonna go with Shay, dude. I love Twitter. I can't believe that shit's free. <laughs> Is he gonna be an obstacle? And I just died. <laughs> I'm going Shay as well. Um, moving on, let's talk. Let's give the Thunder update of the week, like we always do. So, since our last episode, and we've taken a few extra days off because I'm recovering from. A little flu bug, so I, you know, I've I've been avoiding this. Um, Thunder have gone three and zero since we've last recorded. They beat the Kings one twenty to one hundred in Sacramento, and then they went to Phoenix and duped it out, and but pulled away with a four point win, one eleven to one hundred seven with the Suns. That was a hell of a game, honestly, and that was right after Chris Paul got announced an All Star, and Devin Booker didn't. And I tweeted this out. I said that. Chris Paul showed Devin Booker how to be an all-star last night. I I was live bet, I was live betting the up. shit out of OKC. Yeah, no. I was live betting the shit out of OKC and oh man, like we sealed it with like 30 seconds left and then all of a sudden it's a one point game with like 15 seconds left and, and this is just off the top of my head. These aren't actual numbers, but dude, that that game was crazy. Uh Suns gave us everything we wanted, but you know, it just showed a it showed a testament to this team that even on the road against teams that they should beat when they're having a tough night, they find a way to win. And then lastly, I was going to say, especially with the Suns game, I mean, fourth quarter is back and forth. Like, like you said, Testament to the thunder, um, best clutch team in the league. They just, the thunder just pulling out victories. They're just, they, they're learning how to win. And regardless of the situation of the game, a lot of the times they're just coming out with W's, which I mean, we've talked about it before, like previous center teams, just like they should be winning the game. And for some reason, they're finding a reason to lose. This center team is, right. you know, probably should win. But at the same time, they're finding ways to win, which is just actually, I think, a really impressive like attribute of a team. Like if you describe a team as, you know, they're good and all, but they know how to win. They find ways to win. That's that's super impressive to me. Yeah, like like the old saying goes, great teams find a way to win whenever they're having their worst nights, and that that's what the Thunder have done 
night in and night out, and they did it again Wednesday night at home against Cleveland. They only won 109-103. to 103. They struggled with the Cavs, and they they pulled it out. They found a way to win, and I don't know. It's It's been fun to watch. They're 3-0 since we've last recorded. Hopefully they can be 3-0 Schroeder again. Schroeder has just been so impressive to me. I mean, I think, honestly, without him – the Thunder's um, record is just a lot different. I think he's obviously clear in favor of six man of the year candidate. Um, he's, I think, there's a lot more than just like, I mean, obviously his stats have been good. He's definitely been a part of this Thunder team, so crucial to winning that I really didn't expect coming into the year. I agree 100%. And I'm all on board with keeping him around for the future. Uh, I said I said this whenever we traded for him, whenever we traded Mello for him. I hope that he could be, you know, Russ's understudy and eventually be the point guard of the future for us. Well, obviously that is didn't go down exactly how we predicted, but I, you know, he's been so much more efficient this year, and he's. Tur- I I think if I think that if that dude's a starting point guard on a good team, I think he's he could be considered to be an all star. But I agree, six man of the year, and he's probably the reason behind at least 10 uh, absolutely wins, you know? i mean him and chris paul have just honestly dominated crunch team or crunch time this entire year um even shay's coming up big right. especially at the free throw line and i i like devin booker you know ayton and Ubre. they're definitely super talented but at the end of the day like the thunder like their three-headed like point guard monster is just it's kind of scary, especially in closing time. It's all it's too much to handle. Yeah, it's it. Those three on top of Gallinari and Stephen Adams have the best net rating of any five in the. I NBA. mean, yeah, we Thunder fans definitely. I mean, I guess some of the league might be taking notice a little bit, but I think as a Thunder fan watching most games, we're going to be noticing these things that a lot of the NBA isn't. And to go into the season saying, you know, right. Chris Paul, Schroeder, and Shea are, what'd you say, the the best net rating together? Yeah, along with Gallinari that's, and Adam. That's just insane. As, as that's insane. the five on the floor, right? All right, so let's look forward to what we have this upcoming week. Tonight, we're going up against the Detroit Pistons, who I, I have no idea who they're even rolling out because they've gotten rid of so many players on their team. Uh, I know that they have a lot of injuries. They're trying to waive Reggie Jackson. They just traded Andre Drummond. Blake's out. So the, I'm interested to see what this starting lineup is. I took Thunder minus 12 and a half. I'm really <laughs> banking on it. And I I hope that they can pull it out. And then we get tested for the first time Boston, if you, right? since the Dallas game. We, we have Boston. We're at home. And that's Sunday at a 2.30 game. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think it'll be a good test of the Thunder. And then Tuesday, February 11th, we have the Spurs at home once again. We were, we were talking you know, about it on this, the last episode this, that this is kind of getting to the point in the Thunder's schedule where it's a little bit more favorable than it has been. Um, yeah, a big test in Boston coming up, but I I think the Thunder, I think the Thunder should win that game. To be completely honest with you, I think that would really, I mean, especially with the whole playoff race that's going on. Um, I think we need to kind of start solidifying our spot and succeed slash moving up, which is definitely possible. Um, Boston's definitely going to be a real tester. 
I think they're kind of overperforming for what I expected them from beginning of the year, but they're doing a great job. Um, they're right about where I Yeah, thought. dude, I honestly thought they were kind of going to take a fall after the whole Kyrie thing, but um, we'll see. I don't know. I think they're going to be right. fine. I think they honestly might make the finals. All right. I really whoa, think they might. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Is this part of I our next segment? Be. Dude, okay. Are you talking about uh, hot takes of the week? Dude, I am. Okay. One, one last topic I will bring up to you regarding Thunder basketball is is regarding your boy Lou Dort. Do you think right now what he's shown, he is better than Ferguson? Just yes. immediate yes. J- just yes, yeah. And and I love, dude, I, I, I'm all about keeping both of them together because, uh, you know, Ferguson's missed eight games in a row due to personal issues. I think I've said it before. I think the dude had baby mama drama. It happens to the best of us. I hope that he found out and, you know, <laughs> got all that figured out. Okay. Fair enough. My, my <laughs> thing is this. I, like, like um, I, said, I like that we have both of them on the roster, but if you, if you've really been watching the games, I just don't think that like Ferguson does the little things that Dort does. If that makes sense. Like he just, he really just does not I mean, Dort just makes plays. And I mean, there's some Dort has that extra level of energy that well i mean that that i'm scrapping for a full nba contract kind of level of energy like he he's diving for every loose ball even if he only has you know a 10 percent chance to get it he's going and after he's it down shots. I, I i right right and he shoot, he's shooting I with mean, confidence that's, and that's that's a big thing that ferguson hasn't really successfully done consistently as an NBA player, like he, he hasn't shot with confidence and Lou Dort's out there. Like if it's open, I'm going to pull it and I'm probably going to make it. That's kind of what I was going to get into is that Dort's kind of showing the confidence that Ferguson, honestly, I haven't seen from him his entire NBA career. I mean, I thought the fact that Billy Donovan decided to stick with Dort just showed a lot regarding his confidence in Lou. And, um, I mean, there's no way he couldn't if he would have switched. Well, I, I feel like a lot of Thunder fans were expecting him to go back to Ferguson. So the fact that he's, I mean, yeah, Not me. but I just, you know, going off Twitter, but like, you know, I, I, I agree going off Twitter, it was, I, I personally think it was the right move to stick with Dort, but I just think the fact that he actually went through it, like went through with it and stuck with Dort shows a lot. And I don't, cause I mean, I feel like Thunder fans are always, you know, we can talk about what players we like and who we think should be starting. But at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of times um, the Thunder will put out rosters out, or not rosters, but lineups out there that, you know, maybe we won't agree with not as much this year as previous years, but the fact that Billy Donovan actually stuck with Dort kept him in the starting lineup when Ferguson came back. I thought that was um, a big decision and it really shows how much confidence they have in him. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think now that the trade deadline's over, we realize we're not going to make any moves. I think Dort gets that contract. I love it. I love it. And I, it, he's been the player that, like, over the last few years, I've I've always envied whenever teams find that guy out of the G League who ends up – The Thunder really you know, haven't had one of those. Being great for them. Right, right. And, I, and I've always envied it, you know, like how the Heat got Kendrick Nunn balling this year and, like, Every year there's that one guy and I'm always like, why can't we find like, like why can't we get that guy? And trust me, like we, we develop players. We, we've been great, but 
Lou Dort might be that guy who in five years were like, wow, we really just grabbed him. The NBA is so stupid for letting him. <laughs> it feels go nice to be on this. I'm side, excited man. for the for the future of the dude's career. Yeah, I agree absolutely. with you where I mean, for like however long we've been Thunder fans, it really hasn't been that like young guy that no one really expected to be great come out for the Thunder and like perform on a consistent basis. I think I think Lou Dort's probably the closest we've seen to that. And it's it's pretty nice being on the side of it, huh? Yeah, no, for sure. One more thing that I wanted to talk about before we jump into the hot take of the week is the Kevin Durant interview oh on Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson's podcast, All the, All the Smoke. I mean, did he just make himself look like a bigger bitch well, than he already has? Oh my God. The last I could talk three, four about years? this motherfucker for, you know, hours. But what I will say is if if anything, this this recent clip that came up it just kind of goes to show that he had already at least in his mind partially given up on the thunder and made up his mind on leaving. So can you say that he threw the Western Conference finals that year? I mean, I'm not saying he's not out there competing and playing hard, but whenever it's the back of your mind where it's like, wow, I'm going to be playing for this team next year. Are you really fully focused on, you know, winning the finals with the thunder? I don't think so. Not he's a bitch, and he he you know reinstated that he was a bitch once again, and then he went on to say, "I'm still going to do the burner thing." So he admitted, "Burner accounts are still out there, ran by Kevin Durant." What the? Fuck? I mean, who? Like, I, I I mean, we that's know it. like I I am just so on the other side of that. Not even Thunder fan, just just as a man, stop. like that and the like, thing stop, is okay stop. he doesn't even play he doesn't even it's play for golden state point. anymore yet he still brings up the whole decision to leave the thunder for golden state why is he still talking about it like obviously that decision is haunting him to the point where he feels like he needs to justify his decision every other day anytime he gets in front of a camera he has to say something about oh like this is why i left the thunder like you know for so me like, i'm kevin durant exactly. and I just, it's like obviously the thunder are still on your mind and the decision to leave the thunder in the way that you did is still on your mind still you know causing you sleepless nights that's just what it looks like from an outside perspective i think right and, and me, me throwing this in was that was just off the dome. That was off script. We don't even need to jump into this even much more. I just wanted to kind of hear you complain oh, about yeah. it real quick. Let's jump into the hot take of the week. You've already dropped that you think that the Celtics are going to be in the finals. So if you've got anything <laughs> um, hotter yeah, than that, yeah, go right was, ahead. That was also just kind of on a whim. I, I think it's possible. I think they're a good team. Mitchell Mitchell's rocking a pretty good buzz right that. now. I think I'm just, you know, really smart and just gonna throw out some hot takes and see if it happens. I think, dude, I think Boston honestly might. I mean, I think the Bucks obviously they're what winning by what? A 12 point margin a game. Unbelievable basketball team. Yeah. Um yeah, I think it's between the Bucks or the Celtics. I really think that the Celtics just have a phenomenal head coach. I think that I think it's possible. I really do. I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. I think I think there's n- there's no way a team in the East is going to even come close to beating Milwaukee this season if Milwaukee. I think healthy. it'll be no close. Way. I think there's going to be and a team in the Eastern would, uh, Conference that has high expectations in the playoffs. Once they get there, I think they're going to be kind of a laughing stock or do something where it's 
just so unexpected that the rest of the league is going to kind of clown them. I think it's going to happen. I think a team that we expect to make it at least to the conference finals, whether it be Raptors, Bucks, uh, I mean, Heat, Celtics, I think one of them is going to do, like just not show out in the playoffs. I don't know which one. Yeah. Should I get into my actual hot take, the one that I had written down? Okay. Yeah, go, go my ahead. Actual go written ahead. down hot take of the week was that the Thunder, drum roll, please. <laughs> okay. Okay. Carrying on. I that was horrible. This that was bad. Absolutely t- like pitiful. But um, I think the Thunder are gonna finish with a top four seed in the Western Conference and have home court in the playoffs. Boom. What do you think? Right. I like it. Maybe get, give me Thunder four, Houston five. Inject it into my veins. Go. Let's beat Russ. Let's beat Harden. Let's beat the small ball Rockets. I'm all for it. Mine, I'm going to stick to the Thunder. You know, what we're good at talking about, I think after the whole trade deadline pass and the whole Danilo Gallinari to the Heat thing fell through, I think that shows how committed Gallinari is to this team because the reason why the trade didn't go through is because they couldn't reach an agreement for a contract extension. I think that says Danilo Gallinari is part of the Thunder's future. The sharpshooting Italian stallion is here to stay in Oklahoma City. Sign him to a three-year extension, Sam Presti. Let's get it done. Let's keep it rolling. Thunder. I mean, yeah, I like it. I think that Gallinari in this week free agent class is going to be a target for a lot of teams. So it'll be interesting if the Thunder are going to offer him money that some of these other teams will. But like you said, I mean, Excellent three-point shooter. He's been great for the Thunder so far this year. Also an excellent free-throw shooter, which we've kind of overlooked a lot in the last few years. But, um, yeah, no, I, I I think that if, as a Thunder fan, I'd be pretty content with him signing a multi-year deal to stay with us. I think he's going to – I think he's a great role player, especially when it comes to the NBA nowadays, the way he stretches the floor. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um... One, one more thing that we forgot to talk about at the beginning of the episode, the winner of our fan giveaway, $100NBAstore.com gift card was announced earlier this week on Twitter. Congratulations to Niche Buns. Is it Nick or Niche? Not sure, bro. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and tweet us back how to pronounce it. He told me that with that $100 gift card, he went and bought a pair of Air Jordan 1 Royal Blues. So congratulations to you. Thank you very much to everybody who entered that contest. That was awesome. And I look forward to being able to do more of those. Those will be definitely prominent in the future. So keep listening. Um, We'll give you more details about future giveaways um, in upcoming episodes. But yeah, congratulations to to Niche. Good for him. I'm glad he got some, uh, some J's. Good for niche. Last thing I want to talk about, non-basketball related. I got to bring it up. My Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. Let's go. We both called it last week on the podcast. Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes will get the Super Bowl MVP. I called 31-24 as the final score. The final score was 31-20. Basically, I'm still waiting on that $15 million contract from ESPN as as an analyst. We'll see what happens. Go Chiefs, go Chiefs, go Chiefs. We're here to stay. Another hot take I have is that a dynasty has just begun. The Chiefs will become the new Golden State Warriors, Miami Heat, 
New England Patriots. We're going to go on that type of a run. We're, we got three or four more Super Bowls I mean, in us. You know, I'm happy for you, Jack. That's some optimistic thinking. I don't think the NFL really is going to run like how NBA would. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that they definitely have another championship in them somehow, especially with Mahomes. The, tor- the torch four. has been passed okay, from Brady to Mahomes. a little optimistic, but, um, yeah, good, dude. I was super excited for you. I'm, I'm Mahomes might retire as the first quarterback with double-digit right, Super well, Bowl victories. Ladies and gentlemen, stay off the crack. Our My co-host, Jack, has definitely not learned that lesson yet, but um, – <laughs> Maybe this table please get into my head. I don't know. Different right now. <laughs> All right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for this is episode five. This wraps this it up. This was episode, episode five. five. You got um, five down. You know, I'm I'm glad if people are still listening. I'm shout out to all the OG listeners and the new listeners. Um, we're gonna keep bringing you basketball, and honestly, just I mean, a couple random hot hot takes regarding all sports weekly on the hot take hoops podcast. Um, really appreciate you guys stepping or stopping by to listen. Um, do you have anything else to say? Mitch, you did a great job leading the show today. I'm sorry that I'm a little under the weather. Everybody, if my voice has been a little annoying to listen to, we'll be coming back and better than ever next week with better than ever next week. Count on it. All right. We're out.